0: Are you enjoying the Women of Aurora podcast? Do you think of questions you'd like to ask our guest? As you are listening on any of the apps where you are directly downloading the Women of Aurora podcast, you can now open the episode description and click on the highlighted link that says join the conversation. This opens the galas.fm platform with the app and you can leave a comment or question right in the app. You can type or speak your question. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, and welcome to Women of Aurora, a podcast featuring remarkable women entrepreneurs and leaders working in and around the city of Aurora, Illinois. We discuss how to be successful in your business and in life as we network, support, and uplift each other. Join us to learn how to build authentic connections and have fun in a safe and open space. What do you have if you don't have your health? Our guest today is a health coach, certified through the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching. As a mom of six, as well as a healthcare worker in the cardiology field, she can help you learn to live a wholesome lifestyle and improve your health. Her methods make it easy to understand and implement the key to your success. Let's welcome Suzanne Winnicki. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this interview. Absolutely, as are we. Um, so why don't we just start and go ahead and ask you just a little bit about how you got started with, uh, it's E-A-S-E-Y Nutrition by Suzanne. So E-Z Nutrition by Suzanne. Well, um, the, the name Ease is supposed to be, you know, for the
1: Ease of Understanding Nutrition and that's where that came from. And I got started in it because my background is in cardiology. And I saw the struggles that people were having after they've been forced, so to speak, to make lifestyle changes. And it's never an easy thing to do, especially when you can make those lifestyle changes and avoid that illness in the first place. So it just made sense to incorporate some of that into my
0: reactionary health care, as well as now being proactive about it. You work in the cardiology field. Is that what motivated you to become a health coach?
1: It is. It's uh, like I said. I was. I deal with a lot of patients that have just recently had some type of cardiac event, typically a heart attack. And it's hard to make changes when you're forced to do it. If you make the changes proactively, maybe you could have avoided that situation in the first place. And it just made sense to add some, you know, proactive healthcare to my reaction area that I'm doing with the cardiology and kind of merging it together because I do have this disease pattern as well as the this is what we kind of should be doing.
0: Yeah. So you have some red flags that people are kind of collecting as they go with their health and not listening to their body. maybe that's, that's a great sign to think about, hey, I need to change something in my behavior. What made you choose cardiology though? Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about cardiology. I was in
1: nursing school and I had to pivot. And I went to my counselor and said, what is the fastest thing that I could do to graduate? And they said ultrasound. And I'm like, good, sign me up. Oh, really? <laughs> that happened. It was a complete series of accidents. And, to more. and it was um, actually the greatest thing I ever did because I absolutely love the ultrasound and working with patients. And this just seemed the next step as far as working with them because it's a little bit more, like I said, proactive as opposed to Oh, no, I'm sick now. So
0: yeah, reactive. Yeah. yeah, so the red flags, right? Because the curves, they're ignoring our body. So, what made you go into healthcare first? Probably just, I just always
1: enjoyed the science mm-hmm. and the math. Yes, I'm a nerd. And it just always came easy for me. And it just seems like a nice way to help people and,
0: you know, make a difference with people in their lives, I guess. Yes. Well, and now you're a health coach, Now You are certified. Health Coach, right, by the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching? Correct. Yes. And so now you are not only helping people at work, but you're helping people outside of work. Correct. Correct. But tell me more about that. Well, it's kind of a combination
1: because obviously um, if somebody does have illness, step on their doorstep, um, I could help them you know reverse that. That's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that cardiovascular disease and diabetes are all completely brought on by what you eat. And they all can be reversed by what you eat. So this was definitely a nice transition to change those outcomes, whether it's
0: preventing them or reversing them. And and in your and in your career or now as a health coach, have you seen success stories that had either reversed completely diabetes or or they are or work in progress? Pro- yeah, they are
1: works in progress. Okay. Um my personal coaching clients, our um, work in progress. Um, and sometimes uh, a success doesn't come in the form of stepping on the scale. Sometimes the success comes in. My blood pressure is 190 over 100. And Suzanne, I took it today and it was normal. So those are successes as well. It's not just stepping on the scale. There is so much that goes
0: into your health that people don't think about. Like what are some of the things that you, you consider some folks should be thinking about? You just mentioned we're not thinking about some of those items. Like what what do you think we should be focusing on?
1: I think we're just not aware of what's actually in our food when we eat and why we eat. Food is technically fuel for our body. Yes, there is that social and fun aspect of it that we find joy in it, especially when we're traveling and stuff. But technically food is fuel and dairy queen and Oreos
0: part fuel. <laughs> <laughs> they are yummy, yeah. but they're not fuel. Right. Caring. So considering what we put in our body is very important. And I mean, I, I will let you take it from there. I've certainly have seen you are also part of making plans for, for your clients. Is that correct? Right? So like I don't, helping them plan? Yeah,
1: I don't make the plans. Um, the, it's total autonomy for my client. This is their journey. And I can't make somebody change or do something. They have to want to do it. And I help them to stay on track and hold them accountable. But I don't necessarily tell them you have to eat
0: Brussels so yeah. <laughs> there's a few few select uh population that likes sparsel sprouts <laughs> i liked them before <laughs> they were cool <laughs> right. but it's true. that and uh what's the other vegetable um asparagus right I, yeah they're yeah. the strong right <laughs> but they are now a new trend and kale <laughs> for sure so well, in in working with you i guess If I were a client and I wanted to say, hey, Suzanne, I need to be kept accountable. How many times would we meet? What does that look like? Could you share a little bit more about how you work with your clients? Um, Accountability is uh, one of the things you just said in that.
1: And accountability depends upon what you're after. I could be very strict with you or I could be, "Okay, let's work on this from now until next week when we meet, because we typically meet once a week. But I can go as far as, hey, every Monday morning, you're going to stand on the scale and you're going to send me a picture of your toes and how much you weigh. I could make you measure yourself and not make you, but encourage 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 you, you, right? (laughs) Um, So the accountability level is going to depend on you. If you, you know, you have to know your own self, you know, do I need to go to a group class because if I'm not held accountable because my friends are meeting there or am I going to turn the TV on and my thing and then when I turn it on, Netflix accidentally comes on.
0: You know, you have to know yourself and what kind of accountability you need. Absolutely. And and I think you're, you're spot on about, you know, learning to have different successes and goals throughout the journey, because maybe... Losing weight is a goal for for somebody versus somebody else is trying to reverse type two diabetes. Correct. Correct. So then in those processes, are you having conversations about what's the best breakfast to have? What's the best lunch to have or best dinner to have? Do you go that to that length or are you more like, hey, what did you have for dinner today? Neither.
1: Um, I'm going to teach you the skills on what should be eaten and what shouldn't be eaten and the choice is unfortunately yours or fortunately yours. I can't make somebody eat something or not eat something, but the choice is yours. But I will give you the skills on how to read that label. What is considered a good food? What is a fiber? What is a carb? What is a bad protein? What's a good fat? There's all kinds of fats. Carbs is the big one. What's a good carb versus a bad carb? People don't understand some of the terminology with all of that. The biggest thing is it's a mindset. And that's why diets don't work because you take a pill or you eliminate carbs and then when you've lost your weight you turn around and you go right back to your bad habits right and so it's a mindset of learning a different lifestyle so that you don't yo-yo
0: so like you don't the, yo-yo the yo-yo effect
1: yeah and the yo-yo effect is very
0: hard on the body it's actually worse and each time you yo-yo you actually put more weight at it. oh yes well I personally have seen that effect so I understand it but you just touched on something that, you know, we don't, may not understand, may not always know what a good fat versus a bad fat might be. And I know I talked to my children just recently about how avocados are delicious part of our meals. And then they're part of like the cholesterol and fats and things like that. And my kids are now learning about calories, calorie intake, right? right. Because they're playing so many sports. You know, just elaborate a little bit for our listeners. What is a good fat and what is? a bad fat. Well, one of the biggest
1: mistakes that people will make is that they look at a label with all those percents in those numbers and they'll go, okay, there's 160 calories in this, but then they forget to look at how many what serving sizes and how many servings are in that package. So they either eat or drink the whole container and the serving size is a fourth of a teaspoon. Mm. So you've just now quadrupled 10 times it or whatever it is that you've done. So that's a big problem with reading the labels and calorie intake because oh it's just 160 calories but in that bag of potato chips you only get to eat five
0: of them. Yes. Not to mention you should be eating potato chips. we will <laughs> go there. Right. Right. No but that is absolutely true. I mean when you see cookies you're like oh it's only 100 calories. It's only 100 calories with three cookies not 10 cookies. That Correct. You and consume. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Correct. And then as far as fats go people don't realize that trans fats are all those packaged goods. And those are the bad fats. That's the ones we put us in this position in the first place. And um, a saturated fat is, it's a good fat, but it's not a good fat. And we just should eat it in moderation. And unsaturated fats are the good ones. Those are the ones that typically don't have a nutrition label. Lean chicken, turkey, you know, your lead meats, fish. Fish is a great unsaturated fat. A lot of saturated fats must still have a label, even though they're good for you. But a trans fat is definitely
0: all packaged food. So you have to watch on those labels again what they are. But I've heard many times that you want to avoid the center of the grocery store. So anything that Good. is an aisle, you kind of want to make the make that perimeter go right. Check the perimeter, absolutely. Yeah. So almost every
1: store, whether you're talking about Walmart to Mariano's to Aldi or whatever it is, you always walk in and you're at the produce, the meats. You go to the dairy and you go to the frozen. It's it's some sort of order like that. And everything that's in the aisles, chances are you shouldn't be eating it. There's a few exceptions to the rule. Sometimes you just need black beans or you need kidney beans or, you know, you need your legumes. Those are good for you. You have to have those. You have to have those. You know, if you're... Making something homemade, maybe you need your almond flour or your whole wheat flour. Obviously, there are exceptions to the rule, but 90% of what's in the aisles, you probably shouldn't be eating. Absolutely.
0: Anything that has an expiration date. Pretty, For sure. Yeah. For sure. So how do you feel about organic and non-organic? Because right now we have a whole new trend of everybody trying to shop organic or organic labels. I, in your professional opinion, I didn't feel about shopping all organic or some people have said, well, organic is just another way of tacking on extra dollars at the grocery store.
1: Well, I will acknowledge that yes, it is extra dollars at the grocery store, but those extra dollars are what you're paying for is what's not in food. And that's the key because a GMO is a, a genetically modified organism. There's no way even to wash some of those off anymore. They are injected right into the seed and they're planted. So when they grow, Weeds don't come into the field. So you're eating Roundup right as it grows throughout the whole plant. So you're paying for what's not in your food. And there is a lot of tricks to the trade as far as what's, if you, you because organic does get expensive. We have what's called a dirty dozen. If you Google it, they are the things that have the most GMO that they're the hardest to wash off. And there's some of them like
0: rice, soybeans, and corn. They're in the seeds. You can't. Get them out. So if you're not buying organic rice, organic beans, organic corn. I'm it means. Yeah. Soybeans. But I think corn is one of the largest, okay, I want to call it crop, but one of the largest vegetable to soak in those toxic. The rice soybean and corn, the three of them.
1: But there's a lot of them. And unfortunately, they don't regulate that. So if the package doesn't say no GMOs, chances are they're in there. Yeah. So it
0: has to say there's not in there or they're probably in there. Yeah. So I've seen that. And so many times we can either say, Hey, I'm going to buy organic and pay that extra about or right. an extra charge for for organic versus paying the doctor. Correct. For, right. Absolutely. So, so you kind of have to lay out your benefits and so either you're going in for the healthy stuff and getting your non GMO, like you said. And then many, many of them also have what's called natural flavors. Or modified flavors or artificial flavors. A lot of folks need to just learn that, like, hey, this is the labels and this is what you should know. Is that what you tell your clients to like look for these certifications? I don't know. I'm kind of going towards like, hey, what should I be looking for at the grocery store? I I have my my
1: list of four that I tell my clients, and um, it's the reaction is the same every time, and I kind of giggle every time. I will say to them, there's four things that are absolute no's to eat. Soda, high fructose corn syrup, artificial anything, preservatives are in the same one. And then the fourth one is sugar. Sugar should not be in the first five ingredients, nor should it be listed more than 10 times in the ingredients because sugar has over 75, maybe even 100 names for it because they call it something else and they trick you. Really? So those four things. So my clients will say, oh, that's easy. It's just four things. Then
0: they come back next week and they say, Suzanne, that's my whole pantry. Right. <laughs> I know because now that you're saying it, sugar being called 75 different ways right. of sugar. That's scary. It is. It is a, I live by the 80 20 rule. So you should be living 80%
1: clean and 20% life happens. Your son wins the baseball tournament. You're going to Dairy Queen. You need to make those exceptions. You're going to a wedding. You're, you're going celebrating. To like, Right. For Remember. Another. Or, you know, in my case, I have four sons. Clorox wipes are on my 20%. I have to clean the bathroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell everybody, well, ketchup is on my 20% because it has high fructose corn syrup. It's high in sugar. But that's me. I like ketchup. But I'm finding now that I'm eating healthy. I don't have anything to put ketchup on. So,
0: So it's like well, that didn't work out so well. This episode is sponsored by EC Nutrition by Suzanne. Have you failed at dieting again? Or maybe you've tried eating healthy by using protein powders and other supplements. Then you know that quick fixes don't work. Certified health coach... Suzanne Wineke can assess your lifestyle and your needs to develop a plan that helps you achieve your best health. She provides the support you need to develop new habits and a healthy mindset around eating. Find Suzanne on Facebook at EZNutritionbySuzanne Nutrition by Suzanne or E-A-S-E-Y Nutrition by Suzanne dot com. And when did you start your lifestyle? When did you turn? Did you make a change in your own eating habits at any point or was this something that just throughout your entire life you've just naturally been inclined towards eating healthy and eating clean?
1: I always did but then I had a couple setbacks in my own health. One was I broke my hip and I had to have some I have some mechanical parts in the bionic woman in there. Yeah right. I gained some weight in recovery and then while I was regaining that I ended up with Crohn's as well. That definitely changed my eating habits and, you know, and then working with patients who already have some disease patterns that they're trying to correct. And I'm like, well, now I've got to be a patient and I don't make a good patient. I take care of patients, right? (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, so this is nice to transition. Let's add it into my career as well as for myself. And
0: I could empathize then as well, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, it certainly feels best to know that it's coming from somebody that understands the struggle or understands the commitment it's gonna to take to stay accountable or be accountable to not reach for that soda and maybe reach for lemon and water. I don't know. Right. I'm just giving you a lot of props and kudos because that's exactly what I'm doing. And because it does take somebody to know what you're going through to be able to walk you through that path and make those changes. That path
1: and those grabbing for the soda is it's a habit like anything else that we have to make a new habit for. And that's why quote-unquote diets don't work it's because of those habits you don't necessarily change them you just take the quick fix instead of changing i really want to have potato chips while i sit down and to netflix after tv you don't need or want the potato chips it's just your habit of
0: what you do so it's changing that mindset and your habits speaking of a habit i love to at the end of the night Just sit and watch Netflix, not binge on the Netflix series, but binge on a snack. Right. What is a good or healthy snack? Or I don't want to say I've binge on it, but you know, some days I can get through. (laughs) I can get Um, through. There are a multitude of good
1: snacks, which I can tell you with something. Nice or the fruit. But technically,
0: at the end of the day, if you eat properly for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, there shouldn't be a snack. I know I, I'm probably not hungry to eat a snack. I just want to sit. It's the habit. It's the habit. It's not a habit. Do you know what right. i Absolutely. So, so usually it tends to be like, whether it's crackers or... Sometimes it's nuts. Sometimes it's, it's, I think it's just something to like crunch down on while I'm watching whatever I'm watching. Like my hands and my teeth have to be busy. They have to be busy. So I don't
1: know. I don't know. It is a mindset and a habit breaking. And you touched upon something else, not being hungry. That's another thing that, you know, I focus on too, is that as Americans, we go, oh, it's noon, it's time for lunch. No, if you're not hungry, don't eat. It's just like your gas gauge. You fill out your gas and you should let it go to empty. But instead, we get halfway full and it's lunchtime we got to eat. So our body doesn't have a chance to get to empty because it's processed everything we've got. So now it's got to finish processing what we have for breakfast. And now you're eating again. We're adding more food to it.
0: We should always go to empty and only eat when we're hungry. It's funny that you touched on it because going back to Netflix, I just watched Human okay. and The World Inside on Netflix. It's a documentary. And there's a whole section on intermittent fasting. Correct. And how important it is to let your body go down to that E before you bell and, and add more food and allow your brain and your body and your gut and your energy and all of your sensory. To like almost reset.
1: It does. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a true intermittent fasting that you're only going to eat from noon to 6 p.m. Literally, you can do it between your meals. So if you have breakfast at nine, You don't eat then until you're hungry again. So if that's 11 o'clock, if that's 2 o'clock, whatever it is, you have to learn to listen to your body's cues. And if you're eating, say, at 9 o'clock and you're already hungry at 11 o'clock, maybe you should rethink that breakfast. Because then you're not getting enough fiber and protein in your breakfast because those are the things that are going to keep you sated until the next meal. It's that whole mindset of, you know, what shopping in that perimeter,
0: fiber <laughs> and the protein are, <laughs> not the empty yeah. calories, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Because that's exactly what I'm consuming at the end of the night. I'm not hungry. I just need to have something to, you know, keep me busy. And so I feel like many times it's just what keeps the weight on. That's what I'm doing, what I'm just, maybe it's a comfort level, right? It is, for sure. It for sure is. And recognizing
1: it first is the first step. You know, when you sit down on the couch and you have whatever it is that you're snacking on going, oh, Suzanne says, I need to rethink this. And it's okay if you say, oh, screw it, need it (laughs) anyway. It might happen after a long day with the children. It might happen. (laughs) But recognizing it is the first step. And then making the change is the next one. And you have to figure out what it is that you're going to replace that with. Whether it's, you know, taking the kids for a walk or going with a walk with your husband or your whole family or say, hey, mom needs just to go take the dog for a walk and be back in 20 minutes. And that 20 minutes is enough to give you, okay, I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch deep. So find whatever that habit is. Go take a bath.
0: Do something yeah. instead. Because that's really my unplug moment, like unplug moment. moment. So, absolutely. absolutely. So find a different unplug moment. Activity for sure. Uh, this has been great. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of people so reassuring me of, you know, again, shopping in the perimeter, avoiding those middle aisles and then making sure that to honor those small success or those small wins. Because when you're trying to reverse a disease or trying to prevent a disease, you really have to build a mindset around getting healthy, right, committing to it. I have a client that I'm
1: working with right now. And one of the things I always do is highs and lows. We start our session with what were your highs for the week and what were your lows for the week? You know, depending on what kind of mood you're in will depend on what they say. They'll focus either on the lows or the highs. And my client this morning goes, hi, Suzanne. So my highs this week were, <laughs> and she just went right into them. I'm like, yay for you, you know, because she knew and she was excited to tell me her highs. We always focus on the lows. We beat ourselves up. and we're human. It happens. Tomorrow is a new day and you're not starting over tomorrow. You are coming from a spot of strength and knowledge because it's a new day.
0: Right. Those learned, right? Those learned. Learned. You picked up some new information. Now you're going ahead. And just keep moving forward. Keep on swimming, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, I love it. I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing your personal health, the journey. I mean, this is a time when we ask you, why did you Join Women of Aurora. What intrigued you about joining Women of Aurora? I've been
1: looking into different um, networking groups. Some of them weren't for me and some of them were. And I liked the idea of this group's dynamic and the way that it was working and the people that were in it were a little bit different than the same people you're seeing in the other types of groups. Then, And one of the things I think that stood out the most is that our podcaster who's in charge of this, Amy. She was the speaker of the first meeting I went to. And she just didn't tell me, do this, do this, do this. And then you go home and go, yeah, I need to do it. And you never do it. She had us during, you have, you know, you have our speakers speak to us and actually sit down and do it right then and there. And I'm like, oh, I'm not getting out of this. Okay, so we're doing this, (laughs) but it's a good thing. It's a really good thing because we do, we all go, oh, I should be doing that in my business. I'm going to have to do that. And you get home and you never do it that was amazing. And, you know, and you gave feedback, Amy, um, what Amy did that night when she spoke and I needed some of those things. And, you know, subsequent speakers as well as we all need to take time and we don't.
0: It does. And it makes a difference when you're doing, you're starting to put in the work there. Correct. Going home and thinking about putting in the work. Correct. That said accountability again. (laughs) I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you're a part of it because now you're a contributor. You contribute every Tuesday. And what do you contribute? About nutrition and
1: healthiness and mindset, and it's all encompassing. It's not just what you eat and it's not just exercise, right? It's also what you put in and not having your shoulders as earrings because we all walk around stressed all the time. You need to relax a
0: little bit sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I can relate. I get it. I get it. Thank you again. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate everything you've shared. One last final question if you're reading a book right now or if you've read the book, what recommendation for a business book or any book in general would you make to our listeners? There is a book by
1: Dr. Sears. It's something with aging and it's it's not necessarily geared for older people like me, but we're all going to get to a point where we have to think about our health and our future. We, we all get there. And this book makes it so simple. Maybe I could give you the name of it after I could tag it there. It makes it so simple about what changes in our body at certain ages in our life, and especially as we get older and we start thinking about, well, "I'm getting older, and maybe I should make some changes." And it's put so simply. It's like, why well, haven't I been doing this all along? Wow, kind of thing. It's one of those kind of things. It's not for educational thing. It's more
0: of a you should be reading this and doing this kind of thing. And for our listeners, Suzanne is amazingly young and, and beautiful. So don't let her fool you. Because yes, you might be reading all these amazing books about staying healthy and staying young and keeping up with your body. But I think you're so young. that Thank you. For being amazing. So tell our listeners where they can find you one more time. com, And
1: it's spelled E Z E A S. E-Y. And I purposely did that because of the, I try to make it the ease of going through this because sometimes it's not easy. If it's not something that you can find joy and sustain, you won't do it. And that's the whole point. You have to want to do it.
0: Great. So thank you again for being here. All right. Thank you for having me. Many thanks to our producer, Amy Downing of Amy Downing Media and Marketing. Looking for a space to create connections in Aurora, Illinois? Join the Women of Aurora Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know in the Facebook group and be sure to tell a friend. If you haven't yet, remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. See you next time.